On today's show, we are discussing inappropriate reactions to the following. Meeting a movie star. <gasps> Getting bottled by the wind. Oh, even the wind hates us. <laughs> Replying to a Facebook thread on the House of Rugby Facebook group. I think uh, Cooney should actually be given a shot. And chasing a losing bonus point. <laughs> <laughs> Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby. Together with Guinness. Hello, and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. It was two wins from two for all the Irish teams across the board this weekend in the Guinness Six Nations. We will talk about the under-20s from Friday night, the women's team winning yesterday in atrocious conditions in Donnybrook. Uh, and we'll also talk about the men's win over Wales on Saturday and Andy Farrell and Ireland now suddenly in, uh, in line for a triple crown and potentially a grand slam. That's where we're talking already. Trimby, you and I were together for the first time watching Six Nations mm. game in Dublin. Yeah. Um, Felt like a watershed moment. Yeah. We didn't go to the match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, we, did, uh, we hung out with Scott Fardy for the first time. Uh, very... He's hung kind of, out. He did, man. Hung out sounds like he was around at our house. Yeah. He was, he was paid to be there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a corporate gig. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got a great face. He has a brilliant face. Doesn't he? We yeah. talked about this after, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, the shape is ideal and the beard. <laughs> he, he mentioned his barber, actually. He did. He's got, got a very close relationship with his barber. His beard is perfect. He's like your man from uh, the 300. Yeah, um, yeah. The beard is perfect. He's got eyes are like sunken into his head, and yeah, in but a that good way. yeah, in a good way though. Like he's not, he's he's kind of he's quite tough looking, but he's also got a little bit of charm. Yeah, I felt movie. He was like a movie star. Yeah, looking at him, it's like. Yeah. Have you starstruck? Have you a little bit? Yeah, really? yeah. <laughs> Just because, and more so because of the way they're heading him. Yeah. Um, have I didn't you, have any appreciation of the head of him before. No. <laughs> the scrum cap takes from it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was always the thing, wasn't it? Um, have you met many movie stars? Um, I've met that. James Nesbitt. <laughs> wouldn't have the same. No. 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 I, would, I wouldn't Wouldn't think. have much of a head in him. Yeah, I met, I, uh, I met, met as loose now with this. But, uh, <laughs> you met Blind Boy recently. Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh. When you say mad, <laughs> I was coming back from Vegas actually at a, after a, a end of season a holiday, and I was in tatters, <laughs> and as you would be, jet lagged to feck. And do you remember back then you had to fly into Heathrow, and the, the they used to keep the Irish in a wing of Heathrow down at like gate eighty one and eighty two, where it was like way off. You need to walk there for ages. And that was where I was flying from Heathrow to Dublin. And I was the last trudging through there. And I got there at about seven in the morning to that. Once I landed, I went there just to get my connecting flight. But I had five hours before my next connecting flight. So there was no one there. And I got there. There was one man sitting alone <coughs> at the gate. And he looked like wearing very cool hippie-esque clothes, a bit crusty. Mm. And uh, <coughs> <Christy>. I, <laughs> I went over and I didn't look at him closely, but I sat down <coughs> across from him. And then uh, I just gazed up and it was Daniel Day-Lewis and he was looking at me and my face I'd say went something like this <sighs> <laughs> and, he, and he just went oh for fuck <laughs> and picked up his bag and walked away <laughs> so that was you made an impression yeah he sat like about 30 metres away 
and then I, I kept looking down at him to see if maybe. Yeah. But no, he was having none of it. I was on a flight with Bob Geldof actually recently. I said I was on a flight with him. <laughs> <laughs> he was on it. <laughs> Something similar, yeah. yeah. He was on it. Um, and he looked a little bit crushed as well, actually. Yeah, that's maybe the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I met, once met um, Mumford and Sons in, a, in Limerick. They played a gig and I went to the gig. And then afterwards, I was in the bar and uh, met your man from Mumford and Sons mm. and Marcus Mumford. And I was chatting away to him. And then Paul Neville, former Connacht and uh, Gary Owen, number eight, came up to me in the bar and was like, um, and he's no interest in music, and no, and he was at, but he happened to be at the gig, and he was like, has one of these lads got a famous girlfriend? And uh, I was like, yes, Marcus Mumford has gone out with uh, your, your one, Laura Marling, she's a singer-songwriter, and he was like, my missus wants me to get a photograph with her, and I was like, I know him, I'll bring you down. So I brought him down. And uh, he was with his girlfriend, and I tapped and I said, Hey, uh, uh, Laura, would you mind if my mate got a photograph? And she was like, uh, I'm Carrie. She was Carrie Mulligan, the Academy Award winner. Oh, yes. Uh, that was his ex girlfriend I was talking about. Oh. So uh, she just like shook her head. <laughs> it was so fucking awkward. <laughs> and then Paul Neville comes over with the phone. Is it all right if I get a photograph? No, no. no. So yeah, that was. Horrific. It needs to be right up there to get a like, to get a picture with, to get a selfie with, doesn't it? Yeah. Again, maybe about a year ago, Brian longer, Brian of Tarth was on the same flight home from London to Belfast. Great. Is she and from Belfast? No, she's English, but like, oh, she, they no, were recording. They were yeah, recording yeah. Belfast, and uh, and I hemmed and had for ages, and I was like, no, she she's not she's not famous enough to get a selfie with. But then she was standing right beside me at the like, paying for our ticket for the car park. And I was like, right, I'm definitely, I'm going to get a selfie with... You felt obliged to... Yeah, but then I was, I'd made that decision in my head and then her, her driver just arrived and like, oh, hi, darling, she's doing all this here with him and I was like, right, stop it, I'm not getting involved in that. Oh, shit. Yeah. She probably listens, though, so she I'd is. Say. Apologies, apologies. Yeah. Um, Speaking of listeners... Yeah. We're introducing a new award. Mm-hmm. Penguin of the Week. Penguin of the Week. Uh, we're trying to boost Penguin interaction um, with the show. And um, I received one comment from uh, one penguin in particular, which uh, cracked us up. <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, and he also he's he's doing two jobs. First of all, he's entertaining us with um, a very very amusing comment, mm. and secondly, he's kind of he's the penguin police in the Facebook group. He's making sure there's no typical boring cliches. Mm-hmm. No, you know he's kind of policing that a little bit. Police, yeah. Yeah, penguin police. I'm just gonna batter and penguin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have a we should have a separate Violent award. Police. Yeah. yeah. So, Aggressive. so I um, anybody you can see. Did you make that? Yes. Of, uh, specifically for the show. Yes. Brilliant. I sat down with um, both children. To make it. <laughs> Did they teach you how to make it? <laughs> no. Uh, I was a bit of a control freak with this, <laughs> <laughs> and they, eventually they just went back to the big show. <laughs> so, um, so that's, that's penguin amazing. of the week, and then yeah. there could be another one for penguin police of the week. We could so have that with just a baton. Baton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what did he do again? What so he he? Um, he was almost telling tales really on the rest of the group. Penguin police. He put a comment to the group. I don't know what it was, but he felt like it was supposed to. Um, uh, get a little bit of a little bit of banter going, a little bit of crack, a little bit of slagging. But he felt like it was met with a lot of serious comments and serious cliched rugby opinions. Mm. So he, he he thought this isn't the tone that Baz and Andrew Sauce rugby should be hitting. So he said um, he said some of the comments that came back to him 
kind of surprised him when he said it. it was like having three Bernard Jackman sitting on my chest while Murray Kinsella reads me the dictionary. <laughs> 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 so that was brilliant, and this yeah. guy's full on penguin as well. He, um, uh, he's expecting. Uh, me and him have hit it off, by the way. <laughs> this is just you don't know this fella. It's no, just from being his a name's Sam B. Nineteen eighty four. Come on, Sam. <laughs> Go on, Sam. Mm. Um, so he's full on penguin. Mm-hmm. He got engaged um, outside the penguin enclosure at Dublin Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> he did. So he says. <laughs> so he says. Uh, and congratulations to Sam. He's uh, they're expecting their first child. He was going to call the child CJ, CJ Standard, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a girl. So, um, he has CJ a from uh, Pay- Baywatch. Uh, yeah, I know that I suggested that. Mm-hmm. But he wanted the full name CJ Standard. <laughs> 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 okay, so what was his comment? It was about John Cooney sidestepping oh, his own boot. Yes, that was it, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I, I did see that. Which was, was amusing. Yeah, and people were like, they started commenting about how John Cooney should be playing instead of Murray as opposed to laughing at the fact that John Cooney sidestepped his own boot when it fell off. That's the point. Yeah. Yes, that's the point okay. that he was trying to get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, why are we getting bogged down in the Cooney-Murray debate again? Yeah, yeah. We appreciated that, Sam. Yeah. Thank you very much. So we've got a wee trophy. The trophy, I cannot be arsed every Sunday <laughs> to make, <laughs> make another trophy, so that's going to stay here, Sam. It's an honorary one, like the six... <clears throat> the, the, do other teams get to keep the trophies when they get them? Yeah, I wonder if we could, we could have we could have like a plaque where we kind of commemorate... His name on the back no, of it. it sounds like he's died. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll put his name on it. There yeah. You go. yeah. Just stick his name on the back. In black. So you open it. Um... All right, look, we've got loads to talk about. Uh, we have a weekend off next weekend, so we don't have to, I suppose, look too far forward. Um, but we can definitely dive into Ireland beating Wales the weekend. Uh, let's get Jerry Flannery out to join us and chat all about that. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. All right, welcome to the show, Fla. <clears throat> um, it's, ja- it's February. Um, Jaffeb. <laughs> How are your, your um, New Year's resolutions going? How, how's your ripness going? Mine's going, mine's going quite well. Yeah. I'm, get, I'm on my, en route to becoming ripped by the spring. Well done. <laughs> ripped by the, hashtag ripped by the spring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, doing what? A um, few bike rides, spin classes, lifting a little bit, the odd row as right. well. Nice. Yeah. I've sent you. Yeah. Stuck into CrossFit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you are, it wasn't a resolution. It wasn't a resolution. No, you're very. You're very on brand on CrossFit brand. I don't know. I, I like all the stuff that I'm. Go- I'm not really that good at any of the CrossFit stuff. Like the stuff I'm good at was. Uh, Throwing yeah. the line out and stuff. <laughs> yeah. No. Well. <laughs> Breakdown. Lifting. Lifting weights slowly, and they, all their stuff is dynamic, and I don't. They don't do any of the stuff that I was kind of okay at. And and just doing long runs, all the stuff that's kind of like boring is what I was good at. So then when they're trying to teach me it, like I'm like, I'm I'm I'm, I'm wrecked. Like I've done. Your man's trying to teach me something. I said, listen. I said I can't learn anything at the moment. So, but it's it's good. It's good. How's your back though? Like uh, at our age. At our <laughs> age. Well, I'm I'm older than both of you. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I have to. It literally I have it written on the wall. They have a poster. That said this is humbling. And like the first few times I went in, I said, right, I better do what I'm good at here. And I was trying to lift really heavy, like on, on a squat and I nearly went into the squat rack and because you're like fatigued all the time. Like, but uh, it's been good. I've enjoyed did, it. <clears throat> I did CrossFit with him once years ago when I had just retired and I nearly died. That's the, that's what I, yeah. that's probably to sum it up. 
it took me the whole drive home from Cork afterwards to recover. I was lying back and, and it was only like a 20 minute session. But it was like... 20 whatever. minutes, really? Yeah, wasn't it? It was like lifts, mm. clean and jerk, like a, a, a dumbbell and then press-ups against the wall. And press-ups, ring, pr- ring press-ups. Ring press-ups, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So, that's, so he's, he's selling it to me at the moment and I'm... But we had trained with Munster that day. <laughs> We okay, trained at yeah. Munster that day. We drove to that to the gym in the CrossFit gym. We were wearing full Munster kit, um, and I think one of us, prob- one of us, whoever drove, probably had something to do with Munster written on the side of their car. And you went, this guy came out from the CrossFit gym. He goes, "Oh, what are you, some sort of sports guys?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, we don't expect you to know who we are, but yeah. like clearly we're either insane Munster fans that we've written Munster on the side <laughs> of our car." And so we trained already. We'd done a double session that morning, and then we went in and did CrossFit in the afternoon. And the guy, because the guy was kind of real dismissive of us, I think that's why we went so hard. Oh, so hard. Yeah. But this, he's telling me, isn't as hard tomorrow, so I might join. People try to make an example of rugby guys. We had this with um, uh, BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Have you ever done any of this? Yeah. For, like, breakdown work, you know, like levers and kind of mm. just manipulating their body position. About four four or five years ago, we did a full preseason of BJJ, Guys were getting wrecked, injured all the time because it's all these like not skinny but skinnier than us, jujitsu guys, and they come in and I think they just go, we're gonna teach these guys a lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this guy, we were t- trying to do breakdown technique. This guy rammed my head into the ground at one stage, <laughs> like a full-on wrestling move. I looked down, I was like, why? Why did you do that? <laughs> I thought you were here to make us better. Uh, but I always think like guys who are in a specialist kind of event or, or sport, they think oh, these big rugby guys, they think, they think they're so tough. They try and teach us a lesson. Oh, man. And they did. And they did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I might. I might we'll, we'll see next week if I've done it. I keep putting this off for weeks now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely do it. And then mm. it comes six o'clock the next morning. I'm like, oh, I can't, man. Um, all right, a lot to talk about from the games. Uh, let's start with the with the men's game. Um, I suppose the overall uh, performance. What do you think Ireland did better or different that was made the overall performance seem better and a win? It's, it's, it's a, they got a lot of unfair criticism after the Scottish game, and Scotland were were well up for it. I thought I, I actually thought I thought. I, I thought when the weather was really good at the start, I thought Wales were going to beat them. Um, but I thought Ireland were excellent. I thought they had good set-piece space. <coughs> and uh, they just looked really fluid. They had good continuity there. Uh, Henshaw getting his hands free early doors. I thought, I thought Larmer, man, coming into it, is, he's, 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 he's been really, really good. Because mm-hmm. we, we, Rob Carney's been like the staple 15 for so long. kind of There's a bit of a void there. And I think the same at two with Rob Herring, you know, with Rory leaving. I think Rob Herring had another good game. CJ was obviously outstanding. Kama was excellent. Um, it's good. It was really, really good. It was a great result. Mm. It's a few guys. So, <clears throat> Larmer's a good example. Herring. Um, uh, Conway is another good example. Mm. Where these guys, for the first time, they're kneeling down a spot and they're, get, and they're walking into selection thinking, it's, it's very likely I'm going to be selected next week. So, they're kind of growing in confidence those two weeks. Yeah. And I would imagine they'll have even, even more confidence, um, albeit away to, to Twickenham. But it's nice to see guys grow into their position and grow as the tournament goes on. And as you say, because we've been used to other guys for so long, now we're getting all this fresh exposure to all this talent and ability that we've never really seen. Yeah. And we're seeing the best version of them as they grow. Um, Conway in particular, I think he was 
unbelievable the weekend. Mm. And again, if you were to create a highlights reel, it would be all basic stuff. But he didn't put a foot wrong. Mm. Tackled really well, chased really hard, um, carried well. The little kicks in behind, everything he did was perfect. Yeah. But no, again, there's no, there's no Charles Pietau about it. There was no Dan Carter. You know what I mean? There was no X factor. But it was all just really, really measured, really well executed mm. basics. They look very well coached, don't they? Yeah. Mm. And they all know their roles very well. And it's, it's they're coming from a very good regime, previous regime anyway. And they're all really good players, and there's really good momentum across across Leinster and Ulster at the moment as well. So, if I was to look at it, I <coughs> did 21 kicks from hand in the game, uh, and I did some nerding on it last night. Um, <clears throat> the variety of kicks they had: five chips, four grubbers, two long punts, one Gary Owen, only two box kicks, um, and then whatever kickoffs they had. And that was definitely like they'd f- six kicks in the first 15 minutes. And they were all little grubbers, little dinks, and that's something we haven't done in a long time. Probably you've you've um, illustrated the array of kick, kick, um, kicks that are in a kicking game very well. There, yeah. punts, grubbers, chips, Gary Owens, and what was the other one? Uh, box kicks, box kicks. Oh, box kicks! Cro- they didn't do a crossfield kick. Oh. It was the only one they didn't do. They should have. Um, <laughs> that's my one criticism. <laughs> but, but. Uh, I, I, I spoke to you about it before the game, and it was like, I, th- I think this is where they let themselves down with Wales last year. Wales kicked the letter off the ball for the whole Six Nations last year. We're probably the least uh, expansive of all the teams, and they won the Grand Slam. Uh, Wales didn't kick the ball much yesterday, um, forced play a little bit, kind of similar to what Ireland <coughs> did a little bit last year. And when everyone looks at Ireland over the last few weeks saying, oh, we need more expansive play. They actually passed the ball and offloaded less this week than they did against Scotland. Mm. Um, but they were living in that controlled chaos. So all their chips were coming from Stockdale, from Conway. Um, like Sexton only kicked the ball a handful of times, but it was all uh, the variety from different players. And if you take, like, I thought one good example was when Conway had that little chip into the corner and it bounced into touch. Mm. You could have been like, oh, why didn't you keep the ball? But at the line out, Williams dropped it. Remember off when he was trying yeah, to clear yeah, yeah. it? Ireland got a scrum and Furlong scored. In the second half, Stockdale had a little chip. And again, you're like, why did he do that? But Hadley Parks was judged to have passed the forward pass. Ireland got the scrum. Conway scored in the far corner. I was just getting these results from putting pressure on at the right times. And, and like you know yourself, if, you're, if you know that your team has gone out to kick and to put in these kicks, everyone's going to be on the front foot chasing and expecting them. And... When, you're, when that's happening against you, like what England did to Ireland last year in, in the yeah. opening game of the Six Nations. Yeah, that's the other example, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Slade is putting in these dinks, and we're all like, fuck, mm. you know. And Wales will often fill the field with 14 men, right? Um, and leave the backfield quite open. And you could see after 15 minutes, Dan Bigger was dropping back, and their wingers were dropping back after three or four phases. And then our, like, Henshaw was picking up uh, soft corners everywhere and how good was he? He, yeah, he was brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, it's a tough one when, with Ringrose now. I mean, if Ringrose is fit next week, what do you do there? I put him back in. Would you? He's that good, yeah. With, with Henshaw or Bundy? <clears throat> I think it's... I think it's... I would start Ringrose at 13. Um, I think I think Bundy hasn't, hasn't, really, hasn't really let them down so it's a bit harsh on him. But it'd be way harsher on Henshaw after the way he played. Mm. I thought the combination they had was 
I, 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 I didn't think Nick Tompkins was... He was poor, but... Yeah. yeah. Very poor, but uh, I felt he was ex- exposed really well, you know? I think they targeted him, Henshaw targeted him, and mm. um, that's the way I'd look at it, as opposed to going, he had a really poor game. It was kind of, he was exposed. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that, for me, Ringrose is, is, is one of the best 13s in the Northern Hemisphere by a long, long way, and he'd be one of my first names down. What do you yeah, yeah we, we said, I think we've, I've said that anyway mm. the last few weeks. I agree. Uh, it's, it's the area that we have the most strength and depth. <clears throat> oh, as a don't get me wrong, I'm a massive mm. fan. He's an unbelievable player, but mm. I think I just uh, I can't deny how good Henshaw was. I thought he was amazing. Mm. It was excellent. I thought we saw, again, um, Jacob growing um, a little bit towards the way, the way, the way he was, kind of 2018, where he was mm-hmm. just dominating. I think the key there is he got two or three early touches and he just yeah. got settled and he just got confident and he kind of grew into the game. So he was really good as well. Um, always talked about his backs really, but up front, the boys were so solid. Um, Tig was, he was massive, wasn't he? Mm. Scrum time. Yeah, I thought, I thought we'd have more of an edge. Uh, I think Killer, when he came on, had a good, had a good impact there. That was, a, that was a big scrum penalty. They won five metres out towards yeah. the end of the game. So, uh, look, it was it was an excellent performance. That's a really hard game to win. Mm. And it tees us up well now where you kind of go, well, if you beat England away, which we shouldn't be afraid of doing, then, you know, it's kind of in our control then going into the last couple. Mm. What did you make of um, uh, Raj and uh, Matty Williams' little spot? Uh, I thought Matty was way off with his comment on the minimum Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of knew what he was maybe trying to say in that this is where Ireland should be all the time uh-huh. uh, and that's fair enough and it, I think no one would say it, well, no one would agree with him more than the Irish players and the Irish coaching team but um, having it as a minimum is just a weird way to frame it and maybe that was but Taxi is something that um, <clears throat> it's a line that would come from an internal sort of like a, I can imagine them sitting down on Monday and saying that's, we've just we've made our mark. That's our standard. Now that's our minimum mm. from an internal source. The guys will go, yeah, we're buying into that. As in, it's motivation to make sure that we maintain that level. But coming from someone on the outside, it's a little bit tough. Mm. It kind of Raj kind of sum, summed it up. That was better than the minimum. That was a big performance. Yeah, it was great. It was one of those moments. Ooh, yeah. God. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were on the, for the French Italian match yesterday, and I was like, come on, I got popcorn out ready for it. And as you, you didn't see that, Raj, his opening com- comment, I think, <laughs> Joe Malloy asked him a question, and he went, he's inflaming his voice. Excuse me, excuse me. Jomalo is like, do you, want, do you want me to get you some water or something? <laughs> so it was perfect because I'd say everyone in Ireland was like, what's going to happen here? It was just like dust came out of his mouth. Um, but no, they were, I think they were a bit nicer to each other. Yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't kick off as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, from the English uh, uh, pre or post-match interviews, did you see... Uh, What's the Ellis Gen? Ellis Gen, uh-huh. Gen somewhere he came out and called uh, the what's he called them sausages? Was it the, <laughs> the people who were commenting? But he was going so well, his comments were like the sausages, isn't it? And then he takes a swig of a beer. Did you see that part? No, no. <laughs> smell it. 
No, but it was like, he was like, I've got a beer in my hand. I'm going to drink beer on national television. And it was like as if like when you go on holidays when you're 16 to a country where you're allowed to drink at 16 and your parents give you a beer. And you're like <laughs> drinking it in front of your parents. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit dorky. But um, also Eddie Jones came out and pointed out that one of his staff was bottled by someone. But it clearly looks like the wind bottled him. Yeah. The wind. Even bottled, though, it sounds like someone smashed the bottle and stabbed him <laughs> with <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but it was a plastic. Uh-huh. It was a plastic bottle that blew off the upper afters onto the bus <clears throat> and blew along the bus and then dropped down onto your man's head. Like, if you were someone to bottle him and you were, like, threw it, like, for it to fall, you want to be very accurate for that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there wasn't much to talk about in that game, was there? It's a terrible game. Awful. Awful. Yeah. <coughs> um, myself and Isaac Boss, before um, games used to play, um, like um, a little kicking game in the warm-up called Mistakes. We used to stand like 10 metre line and uh, 22, just between between the five metre and the touch line, and just kind of grubber to each other to try and just get hand-eye, kind of get, get warmed up a little bit. And uh, to me, like you played first to five, Bossy always beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I beat him one time in Galway, and then Ulster got beat. So then he thought that was a bad omen, so he always thought, like, you can never beat me ever again. <laughs> but to me, the Scotland-England game was just one huge game of mistakes. Just keep kicking behind and someone will cock up, and whoever cocks up the least yeah. is going to win the test match. Yeah. And then Hogg then kind of cocked up. Good boy. My Guinness match point prediction was a, a draw for that match. That's risky, man. That's very risky. That's very not a risky. numbers no, game. But, like, I just got cocky after last week when I was doing so well in Flowers there. How are you so good at this when I just picked three random results so I got cocky but it was three all with feckin nine minutes to go I was like come on what yeah. a result but it wasn't to be Stuart Hogg yeah it was I felt I, felt, I would have felt worse for him if it was a, if he'd not put the ball down and they yes. scored a try from it mm. yeah because after <coughs> not putting the ball the down the previous last week. week yeah yeah um, the French match uh, I was so excited in that first 20 minutes. I was like, come on, <coughs> French. <coughs> French, come on, France, kill them. Put 60 points in them. And then <clears throat> they just got a bit sleepy. Yeah, they, I, I, I got really frustrated because you'd like to imagine like the talk after, because you saw England get into the World Cup final, I thought like oh, with France, maybe with bringing them some specialist coaches now, they made a big deal out of that, that they had specialist coaches in every area and, you know, that means one person's responsible for one thing, they're accountable for that, and, you know, you, you see a marked performance, marked improvement in performance, and, and their D was excellent against, against England, um, and their general play was excellent, but I think England have just been, like, I understand the conditions were terrible against Scotland, but when you take Willie Bonapola and Manitoulagi out of that English team, it's just, it, just, it just changes the dynamic of the team, and I thought England must have been just really, really poor, because I thought France were, 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 were poor, man. The, mm-hmm. the fact that they, the the structured parts of their play, like their their ability to exit and get out of their half, was so it was so frustrating because I just wanted them to see see them play play <coughs> well. But they weren't poor against England, though. I don't think. No, they weren't. But it was a different. I think it's it's, it's typical French. One minute they're so emotional, so up for for beating England in in Paris. And then the next week, they just say, oh, geez, we're just playing. But I was hoping that, that there'd be a build off that yeah. performance, that, that there'd be better, that they'd they wouldn't be so inconsistent off the back of this new coaching team. I was thinking maybe that's what it's about because they were they were excellent all the way through the English yeah. game, you know. But I still think they're not. They're still 
emotionally driven and it takes a, a big game against England. So then the next week, then there's just a bit of a hangover and then they're playing mm. Italy and then they just can't really be arsed and they kind of do whatever they have to do yeah. to win the game. But it was the same, it was like giving away, they must have given away six penalties in a row at one stage because they're just, they, they, they just look lazy at times, mm. they just can't be arsed and they're so... So as opposed to being focused <coughs> on an actual uh, very slick game plan that, that's operating perfectly, mm-hmm. it's an emotionally driven performance. I think so. We've, we've yeah. done this before. Before the World Cup, did they, they beat Scotland? Yeah. And, uh, and we were all... France are back. France are back. Yeah. And it's always premature. Now, it's only Italy and they got away with it and they could easily kick on and we could see more performances like we saw against England, but France are just prone to going back to their default, which is not, not being smart with the ball, making stupid decisions, decisions uh, giving away stupid penalties, and generally not really being up for it. Mm. And then the next week, then they'll get emotional and we see, I think as long as we see more of that, then I think we'll be happy. But um, I think it's gonna, it's a lot to ask for France to go the way they've been over the last five, six years, to now be really pragmatic, <clears throat> really organized, mm. and just turn into the machine that, that England have been bits and pieces and Ireland have been over the last few years. Mm. It's just not very French. Mm. No, but that's like that's what we were expecting to see. Like the, Remember when we had the live show and Eddie was on, and Eddie was saying like when he coached Ireland, France were, the, were a massive threat. Yeah. They were really, really good. And then as, as coaching, coaching improved the level of consistency around the areas of, you know, the, the mechanical areas, not the magic areas, like just like yeah. teams' defensive systems, their set-piece organisation, their restarts, their kicking game. As the level of coaching globally, you know, improved, you start to see more consistency in that in, in all teams. And you just like to see that, you know, okay, well, you should start to see this in France as well. And I thought then that, like, when you see the quality of their players, like, and then you think, if they just, if they could just harness some of the, like, harness some of their talent on the attack side and just put in the basic fundamentals that all the other international sides seem to clean up. And there's, because they're so brilliant to watch. But uh, I didn't see it yesterday and it disappointed me. Yeah. Did you see uh, Baptiste Saran's try? Yeah. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? I, I was thought you were going to say, did you see Fabian Galtier's glasses? Which are <laughs> outrageous, man. They're like massive. Edgar Davids. <laughs> they're like so, they're, the, the lenses on them, or the, the rims on them are so thick. Mm. It looks like a Thunderbird. Yeah. They're so brilliant and their rugby is so natural that you just kind of go, I, I, I don't know, I, I've, I just would love to see them be more competitive at another level, you know. Yeah, it's some, I would take confidence now if, if I was in the Irish setup of going, going over there. Absolutely. Um, after seeing that game and how Italy kind of stuck at it and frustrated them and just pounced on their mistakes. Mm. Um, and I think with, our, with the back three, the French back three, you can put them under a lot of pressure. Um, you saw when, when they were kicked kick the ball all the time and Tomas is just taking... Just taking these chances that there's absolutely no need to take and knocking on the ball for that first try when he got turned over. Um, so I think if Ireland can adopt a similar uh, approach to the weekend and put pressure uh, on the back three, kick a lot, um, frustrate the, the crowd. I think, yeah, I, after watching them last week, I was like, fuck, but now I'd be like, this is a great opportunity for Ireland to go there. But they will be fired up to play Ireland, though. <clears throat> we still we will see an emotional side of them. Mm. But I think if you're prepared for it, or England weren't prepared, but like, um, they're, they're, that's 
that's that defense should be you should be able to expect that no matter whether they're emotional or what it's only lads getting off the line and but yeah. man that's that you're saying that but that's not what we saw <coughs> that's my point is that like it doesn't take ability or anything like that to just be good in defensive systems it just mm-hmm. takes effort and that's what frustrated me so much i thought that i saw it in the english game and I was like, okay, well, we should be able to see, we should see it here. If we see that level against Italy, then they'll kill Italy, you know, but I didn't see it. Mm. We were chatting in the car on the way up, Trimby. Um, did you, and I was saying about, like, what the reason it gets so frustrated, because France, are, like, when we were growing up, like, I remember going to see, we were going to put, you get a schoolboy ticket to go to St. Mon- to go to watch Ireland, like, and when we're going to watch Ireland, you'd be hope, hope that Ireland would barely beat Scotland at home. And then, then when France would play, France were just so much better than everyone else. But then as all the other teams got better with their coaching structures, France just stayed where they were. And you remember we played, that we played I was saying to Baz in the car on the way up, like when we played France in 2000, was it 2006 in the Six Nations, it was like we were losing by 40 points at half time. And I remember like just running around the field but not knowing what was happening. Like the ball, they were just chipping the ball over our heads and catching it. We were like, I can't even tackle anyone. <clears> and, yeah. And then the second half, then they completely switched off, and we scored like thirty-five points or something like that. Did you come on and score a couple? Yeah, that was Cedric Amons. Yeah, uh, um, Jojon was tearing it up. Vincent Clark, it was those lads. And like that, like when they can do that, and then just switch off. You're like, well, if they could just get someone to, I don't know. It must be something that I don't. I think lots of foreign coaches probably see French rugby and they go, if I can harness all that magic and attack, I'll just put the structure in because. Because that's co- like that's that's what coaches can do is they just put structure on the game, and and try and but it's to, to create that that's the easy part of coaching is putting structure on it like it's not the the developing the part of the players is the unstructured part of it and having players who can make decisions in open play when and the French players can do that you know but it's like they should be able to do the, it's the easy bit that they're not doing well yeah that was the day um, Neil Francis. Give um, Tommy a zero out of ten. Remember playing in the game and I'm going. This is like one of those games I used to watch when I used to watch the Six Nations, where France is just ripping them apart. But we're the ones getting ripped apart here, and I don't know what to do. Like we were just running around, just the ball was just going ping, 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 ping. Yeah. Is it that of all atmospheres that you've played in? Is that the kind of the most surreal? Like as in or. It's not. It's actually not a massive atmosphere at really? Stade de France. It is at the start when they're all. But see, once once France have scored a couple of tries, then they kind of go a little bit quieter. Um, uh, I think like a, what what a more intense atmosphere was um, at uh, Marcel Michelin. Is that it? Um, where Claremont play? I was there with Ulster recently. Yeah. That they keep it going the whole time. If a team, if a uh, that's singing and chanting and drumming nonstop, and yeah, yeah. nonstop the whole mm. time. Uh, but it can't. It, they, they're they're noisy one way or another. They're either really excited, really enthusiastic about their team, or if they're not happy with their team's performance, then they're really aggressive. But w- one way or another, it's still an amazing atmosphere. But I always thought Stade de France is a little bit. It's a little bit corporate. It's mm. a little bit spread out, and it's not as as much of a cauldron. Mm, I don't know. It's. I know what you mean. That way, you can, you can just feel the ebb. Of when when they start hitting form, and you can hear the crowd kind of get into it, and it's just like it's just so fluid. Then you're like, this is really really hard to stop. Mm. Once mm. they get a little bit of momentum, and they get into that kind of flow, and the game just becomes just you way. You're like, oh yeah. shit, get them out of this because they're way more skillful than us. Yeah. yeah. But Ireland can mix it now, man. Ireland have, you know, 
like you said, if you look at the back three, look at Stockdale, Conway and, and Larmer, like those guys are game breakers now, all of them. Mm. So, <clears throat> uh, well, 2018, the, the, like, when they won the Grand Slam, that wasn't straightforward in Paris. No. Ireland, were, Ireland probably weren't great. It was the first outing. Mm. And then obviously it took a moment of brilliance from Johnny. Yeah. And it's Twickenham next, obviously, um, in two weeks' time. Uh, England will have a point to prove. They've certainly got a... I don't know, they have a weird cloud over them at the moment and they're trying to... Big cloud of sausages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and bottles. Um, Selection-wise, Keith Earls obviously raised his hand, had some huge moments on, on Saturday as well. Um, that pass for Larmer. Yeah, that's class. Was unbelievably. He also had another, um, he had another little... little offload to... Offloaded to Larmer as well. Yeah. Uh, and Larmer nearly scored. Um, and he put Conway away as well at another point. He's always been overlooked as a thirteen. They've kind of he's been written off as a thirteen. I suppose not overlooked uh, since probably two thousand and eleven, two thousand and twelve. Played in the World Cup in two thousand and eleven. I think at thirteen. Um, I always think like he's one of, especially for Munster now. He's one of Munster's most experienced, talented players, um, and he can pass the ball as good as anyone. As you see, he like defending him at thirteen is an absolute nightmare. Like. Um, he's like a lot of people would say he's too small to play 13, which I disagree. He's, um, his decision making is really good. He's so focused that um, I like him on the bench now because I have to say, bringing him on and having his ability coming off the bench would be like, oh my God, this is what a rocket up your hole. Um, <coughs> but yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Would you I, generally as, a, as yeah. a 13, or would you prefer to see him on the wing? I'd prefer to see him on the wing because I think uh, we were talking about it earlier. Ring Rose is first name down. And then this is the only week where I would kind of challenge that because the two boys played so well. And then you've got Chris Farrell there as well. I think there's enough centres all doing brilliant yeah, well. I sh- I sh- yeah, I think you, uh, <coughs> you take, like, you, I put him ahead of Chris Farrell at the moment as a, as a 13. I think he's, he's it's, it's, not like, it's not a huge difference going from the wing to 13 when you've got experience in there. And a fellow of Keith Earl's experience and his ability um, 13 is a massive position in the field to have someone with yeah. that kind of ability. Why not put him in there? Did he Has he played much 13 for Munster this year? He hasn't played there in years. No. Then he, gave co- he was covered there. When he first came into the team, he was 15 and 13, and he was carving up all the time. And um, I remember when we went up to national camp, Drico just saying, like, this guy doesn't, like, when he just plays instinctively, he, ha- yeah, he, he has you. It's when he starts to get the ball and think for a second, it gives you it gives you second a, a chance to recover. But if Earlsy just plays instinctively, gets the ball, puts footwork on, it's his acceleration is so he just creates so much separation between himself and the defender. Once he steps, he's just so hard to defend. But I think probably it was there was Mafia thirteen wasn't there as well uh, mm. when Rua when Rua stepped out um, and they pushed Mafia to thirteen. No, it was no, it was Keith, that's when Keith came into thirteen um, after Rua. After Rua, yeah. Yeah. And with Warwick there and Maths at 12, and I ended up starting playing on the wing then and playing, out, then playing outside him on the wing as well. Did like, Jean de Villiers not come in then and push Maths to 13? No, de Villiers is 13. I think Maths is always 12. Um, no. I'm sure. Maths yeah. went to 13. Okay. Um, um, and I think e- that's. E- even that though, like. Yeah, like <clears throat> I, I've played outside him. I, play, I played outside him at 13 when he was 12 mm. a few times. Played outside him on the wing when he was 13. And everyone has to sit down when he gets the ball. You're kinda, yeah. You know, it's 
so the space create opens up all around them. And uh, whatever about Ireland, as you said, there's a lot of competition there, but what he did at the weekend in 13, I think Munster should seriously look at him as a 13. Yeah, well, if you look at it now, Munster are going to be well stocked with Delenda there. Mm. They've got Scanlon and Goggin and Arnold, and then they've got they've got Shane Daly. <coughs> and all, maybe he's not considered as an option in the centre, but they've Farrell and then Ernsey in there as well. So, I, I, I look, I, I know exactly what you mean. If I was if I was the winger outside the thirteen and Keith Earls gets the ball, I'm like, I can't leave. I can't. I've got to stay tight with my thirteen here because because Keith Earls could stand him up and go around him. Mm. Ireland are in a good place having him there. He's mm. So, but realistically, so for Munster, fine. There's obviously the, there's a conversation to be had there. But for Ireland, for this Six Nations, I don't think you can realistically start him at 13 because <coughs> he hasn't played all season. He came off the bench, and then it's a different game. So, was mm. it the second half? Obviously, was it? Uh, Henshaw hasn't played there either. How much um, did he? Huh? I think end of the first half, Henshaw came off. Yeah. Yeah, so how long half. did he play? 20 minutes then, Ernsley? No, no, all the second geez. half. All the whole second yeah. half? No, Henshaw started the first five minutes, I think, of the second half, did he? No? Did he even make it to... Yeah, maybe he did, I think yeah. he did, yeah. So it was, it was at least first, 35 minutes, half, yeah. yeah. Um, Henshaw, hasn't played, Henshaw hasn't played 13 either, and look at the the performance he put in. Um, look, I, 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 to be honest, I think Ringrose isn't going to be back till the last game. Uh, Henshaw will probably start 13 again if his HIA is okay. But, like, Having Keith Earls, man, to come on into thirteen. Yeah, come on, um, that's fine. Or he's a perfect number twenty-three. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think. Uh, don't think he'll get into the into the starting twenty-three. Maybe you can let him and Conway fight it out. But again, even for, for, for right now, for <laughs> yeah. for right now, I don't. I don't think you can. Yeah, he can He definitely can't take Henshaw's place if he's fit. Or he definitely can't play in the centre. I don't think because he hasn't played enough this season, mm. and I don't think he's going to get ahead of Stockdale or Conway. Yeah, but he's. Uh, but the, sorry, the point I was going to make was, if he starts, it's a very different role to him coming off the bench. Him coming off the bench whenever Ireland are already dominant. It's a different game. It's a different role, and it's it's a lot easier. He looked great, but he. Jeez, played. I wouldn't say they were, like that second half. They were under the absolute pump, like mm. the wind into their faces. Wales get that's but it's what looser, Wales. Purple it, patch and the game gets looser as the game goes along. If you come off the bench, it's always a slightly easier role. He was brilliant, like that, that mm. pass and the offload, and he looked really lively. I thought it was the best I'd seen him for Ireland in a long time, and that's why I got so excited. Don't forget how, how brilliant he's been on the wing for the last couple of years as well. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, right. but I do too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're, we're on the same page, but uh, it's very exciting. I didn't see the twenties on Friday night. Did you watch the twenties? Mm. Great win. It was uh, it was really good because uh, it wasn't a polished performance by any way. But it's about seeing players with a rounded skill set there. And I thought there was there was some guys there who really put their hands up. I thought uh, Finley the nine got man of the match. But I thought Clarkson the tight end was was awesome. The hooker Tom, the hooker Stewart Tom Stewart I think his name is. He got a he got he got an awful lot of ball just from from Welsh overthrows at the line out and he was impressive but I think the thing the tight head there is really good Clarkson I watched him last year really really athletic his gr- great acceleration dynamic his set piece is improving every year um, yeah there's a lot of or McNulty you know really good feet there's a lot of quality players there it was really enjoyable mm. yeah the, I watched the women's game yesterday and that was also unbelievably enjoyable uh, probably the worst conditions of the lot. There was hailstones going across the pitch um, of the whole weekend. It was brutal. Um, 
but like Wales battered the the Irish line first twenty minutes, and then um, Jesus Ireland were. But Pat, you were at it, were you? No, I was um, just watching it as well. Yeah, telly, yeah, yeah. Bevan Parsons, man, she's, yeah, class, she's unreal. She? Yeah, and uh, the entire Irish front row actually were were just so good, solid carries. Really good. Um, kind of their 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 game plan is bang on. They're just really tight and uh, very functional. Like. Claire Cohan played her first game, or second cap, I think, ever or something like that, and she uh, just controlled it perfectly. And Senna Nuopa is next level. She's so aggressive. And uh, I thought Emer Constantine was brilliant fullback as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really solid. No uh, hot water in the showers, kind of, for the Welsh team left a serious uh, sting in it afterwards. Um, I think one of the Welsh players came out and said there was no hot water. She was yeah. Robin Jenkins came out and said that yeah, shivering away yeah, at the sideline. It was so cold. And uh, I think the IRFU apologised afterwards as well. Apologised to the Welsh team and it turned they out they sent them over some hot water. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing worse. Was there? Fucking hot water. Just having a cold shower like what's the point? Uh, I just want to you, just you're talking about the women's here, but to go back to the um, we're talking about the end of the France Italy game as well and. The lad, I think it was Tommaso Allen who just kicked the, hoofed the ball out. Yeah. When they they took a quick conversion and it didn't it looked like they were going to go try and get the bonus point and then they just fucking next yeah. possession hoofed it out. I was especially upset because um, I had predicted in the point predictor uh, France winning by twenty four and they were winning by eighteen and they had the ball and they were going well and then I was anyway try the other end so then I was hoping that we would get another wee play where, where Italy would fire something I was get 24 as well yeah. Uh, yeah I was like yeah. <laughs> yeah but why did the Italian lad kick the ball off the field I missed that completely <clears throat> I have no idea the whole point in taking the quick conversion was to give them an opportunity of chasing the losing bonus point yeah. so they received the restart okay great yeah. everything's gone according to plan so far and then he just kicked it out no, he wasn't in a great position. I thought, I thought he got turned, man. I thought they, I thought they turned the ball over and got put in behind him. And Tommaso Allen had to run, run, run back, get the ball, and he just he was in his own 22. I don't think so. I no, think I he think received... They had possession, they just they threw it back to him, yeah. They passed it back uh, to him, and, and then he just pushed it out. And then he was just like... Pushed it out in his own 22. Sorry. He's autopilot. Yeah, in his 22, Was he in his 22? He was in his 22. I'm sure that they got turned over and the, and the ball got, got put in behind him. No, no, I think it was no? just passed back to him, yeah, and he just kicked it out, and everybody looked at him like, that yeah. wasn't what we were going to do. Yeah, it was like Matt, the time Matt Dunning got the drop goal whenever... Um, the Waratahs were chasing the bonus point. Oh, they yeah, needed yeah. a try. <laughs> and he nails a drop goal, the prop, the loose head prop, nailed a drop goal from halfway. He was celebrating. But they needed a try. And then they needed a try. It was pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Game over. He got a drop goal from halfway. Yeah. How did I miss that? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, I watched a bit of Super 14, actually, at the weekend. It's good. Not as good. Um, <laughs> the defences are so shite that it's hard to fully buy into it. <coughs> they're, they're a lot more passive the skill set is way higher yeah. in super rugby and obviously the conditions are better for playing running rugby but the defences are a lot more passive as well in general yeah, yeah. enjoyable to watch um, alrighty just to let you know that the House of Rugby is doing another live show ahead of Ireland's Guinness Six Nations encounter with England myself and the two lads here would be joined by Leinster and Wallabies uh, superstar uh, chiselled beard, sunken-eyed, handsome movie star, 
Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Scott Party. Wouldn't Daniel Day-Lewis be great? <laughs> be Day-Lewis. <laughs> Uh, but Scott Fardy will be joining us and we'll have another special guest uh, yet to be announced uh, that will be in the Café on Seine next Wednesday or is it Tuesday? next Wednesday yeah Wednesday yeah. okay sorry next Wednesday February 19th uh, Pat you might release more details in the Facebook group how to get tickets etc yeah. etc yeah deadly uh, alright will we uh, get to our pint predictor leaderboard um, I think I was Fifth on the, the Guinness Pine Predictor leaderboard, where mm -hmm. you were a dead last at one point. Over that was the only on the rounds. <laughs> That's on it? rounds. Round by overall, I'm like eighth, seventh, or eighth. No, or something uh, like that. overall, like when 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 overall, when England scored that try on Saturday uh, with ten minutes to go, I went on the Guinness Pine Predictor, and because the result hadn't come in yet, I was top of the, the league, and you were bottom. That was overall. No, they don't update it like that, man. No, it hadn't been updated yet because the game wasn't over yet. Mm. But then when the game finished, obviously you came off last place. Yeah, but you, but you still took a picture of it like a dickhead <laughs> and put it on Twitter. And I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I was like, no, this is my one opportunity to be top of the leaderboard. So I was second last in the round. Second last. Weekend, only because David Flatman forgot to get his predictions in. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not in great shape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we both have 26 points, Jerry. While or no, at the weekend you only got 22. Uh, you're in f currently in 547th position in the House of Rugby League. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, the Guinness Pint Predictor does pretty much what it says in the tin. You predict the winner and the margin of the Guinness Six Nations every week. And if you're within three points, you win a pint of Guinness. Yeah. Right. So we're going to be playing um, all the way through the Hastings screwed me, man. Hastings screwed me. If Hastings had nailed that penalty, I'd have got a point. But oh. they sent me a point anyway. That point. Oh, yeah. kind. Nice. Where'd you get it? I, well, I was at home on a Sunday at like 7 or 8 o'clock, so <laughs> I didn't like, right, I'll head out in the storm now and go for a pint. Deliveroo. You can, uh, you can gift them. Can you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Deliveroo a pint to your gaff. Mm -hmm. Um... <clears throat> All right, well, get involved uh, throughout the championship if you want. Uh, you download the Matchpoint app using the league code HORI, H-O-R-I-E, and check out our noble yet naive efforts in predicting the games. Um, we've got some serious good prizes coming up as well. Uh, if you're at the top of the overall table at the end of each round, you'll win Guinness Six Nations tickets, which is pretty class. Uh, the winner this week, John Lee with 74 points and two perfect scoreline predictions. Perfect scoreline predictions. That's phenomenal. Maniac. But are they perfect or is he just within three points of the result? Perfect scoreline predictions. <laughs> I presume is a... Yeah, you got the winning margin right twice, yeah. Right, yeah. that's incredible. Uh, I finished top of the <coughs> House Rugby League round one, so congratulations, John. You've won two tickets for Ireland versus Italy at the Viva Stadium early next month. And two tickets for Ireland versus Italy's women's game at the Energia Park the day after. Well, uh, we did a forfeit last week, which was to call Matt Williams. Will we um, call him again? Which was... Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Lottie, it's me again. <laughs> it would be less awkward than it was on TV between the like and I must say, I felt like a bit of a douche calling Molly last week. Did you? Yeah, I felt like it was a bit unkind. 
Yeah. But he came across so well. He did. He was he was great, and he, and that almost made me feel more guilty because he was like, "Trent, be great to hear yeah. from you. You're doing so well. That show last week was great." I said, "Thanks, Matty. I'm pulling your pants down yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felt bad. Did feel bad. Not a fan. No. Okay, so we won't do that this week. Yeah, it's a bit mean, I think. Okay, well, unless the... unless you want to call Matty, I could call Matty and apologize. <laughs> <laughs> We we'll just have a section where you call Matt Williams every week. <laughs> well, it might not are. be me. It might not be me every week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, well, Pat, you decide what's the ultimate forfeit this week, and who 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 gets it this week? Well, it's Trimby again. <laughs> yeah, uh, just take your time. <laughs> Think about it. Uh, I was going to get you to call your former club, your former province up. Mm-hmm. and have an editor with them on the phone and call like the office. See if they've got a job going for you. Yeah. Great. Oh, do you like that? Who am I calling at, at Ulster though? Oh, am I calling Dan McFarlane? Like no, front front of house. Okay, they're not going to be in a position to give any jobs away. That's the great thing about it. Yeah, you'll just be, but you have to seem like you're clueless enough when you're ringing up as well. And like you wouldn't really ring the reception at Ulster Rugby to look for a job, but that's what you're doing. Okay. What would you? What would your? You go How would I pitch myself? Yeah. What What would you go in for? Um, well, I ain't too high, like. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Top job. Um, so where about it? Where, where's my skill set? Suppose just being signed with the fellas, maybe like a player liaison. Yeah. There's that's like a football a soccer role. Yeah. Maybe we could, we could introduce the player liaison. Yeah. But Again, I'm not sure the lady selling tickets in the office. He <laughs> answers the phones. <laughs> but be able we'll, to. we'll try her. Okay. She she, she needs an assistant. Yeah. Ulster Rugby, Maeve speaking. Hi, Maeve. How you doing? It's Andrew Trimble here. Hi, Andrew. How are you? You well? Yeah, yeah, so yeah I'm good. Good, 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 good. Uh, is it busy today? Uh, well, there's a bit of deliveries coming and going, and uh, yes, a few visitors in. Okay, okay. The phones aren't going mad, though. Yeah, are the fellas back from holidays yet? not sure there's quite a lot of parcels here for them that they've been told about and they haven't come for them so i'm not sure if they're there or not okay okay was there somebody in particular you were looking for um no Maeve. um uh really it's uh, i suppose it's just you know since i since i finished um playing rugby um uh you know just i suppose Things, things have dried up a little bit, so I'm just calling just to see if uh, you need any help around the office. <laughs> Do you want to come and help out in reception because uh, they're short-handed there? Yes, well, if I, I could be the one that delivers all the parcels to the players. <laughs> yes, that would that would work well. <laughs> we'll get you a sack. You can be like Santa. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, who has ordered most parcels? What player? Oh gosh, that is a tough one. Well, uh, for a while, Robert Balakun was in the lead, huh? but um, Jacob might have overtaken him now. Uh, Maeve, are you concerned that um, the players are ordering these parcels to their work address because they're embarrassed about the contents <laughs> being delivered home <laughs> in front of their wives? Absolutely. It's very concerning. <laughs> uh, very tempting yeah. to open them up and see exactly what's there. Okay, okay. Grant, Maeve, listen, I need to get, I need to get some tickets, but um, I'll, uh, I'll call back later on whenever I get an idea of numbers. Um, okay, Grant. Sound. Thanks, Maeve. Talk to you soon. Cheers. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
Lies make baby Ooh. Jesus cry. <laughs> you lied to me. My Maeve hates me. <laughs> I don't think she hates you. Not yet, because she thinks that was genuine. She doesn't. She, that's pending hate. <laughs> okay, okay. It's hate coming She's got away thinking you're lovely. Yeah. She's like, he is so nice. Yeah. But and Maeve's lovely as well. <laughs> <laughs> Not tomorrow. Uh, Maeve and Maddie, two lovely people, and I've just mugged both of them off. Yeah. We should start um, calling people I don't like. <laughs> 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 Try and win them back over. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or push them further away. Yeah, that's great. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure you might lose. There's a good chance you'll lose next week as well. It's your current record, so... Prepare yourself for it. I have a feeling things are going to turn around. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, just to remind you, download the Guinness Pint Predictor uh, Match Pint app and use the league code HORI to join. Um, Right, I think that's plenty of rugby this week Mm. to talk about. Uh, No games next weekend, so we will have uh, put out our show later in the week. It's a live show uh, as we said earlier on, Pat's going to have more information for you on that during the week on Facebook. But until then, this has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. Thank you for everyone for listening. Thank you to all of you watching on YouTube. Thanks to everyone who has uh, put this show together, to Pat, to Anthony, to Paul and to Ian. Party on? Party on. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.